This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. We're heading into our final segment. We just finished up a wonderful conversation with Dan Donaldson about the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance. Highly encourage you to look into that and to sign up for the summit coming up on Saturday, September 9th. You can sign up for it at heroicmen.com. Pretty easy. Pretty great. All right. We are heading into, as I mentioned, our final segment, and I'm excited about this one. This is a, a carryover. We didn't quite finish our discussion on extraterrestrials, so we have Paul Thigpen back on. Paul, thanks for being on with us this morning. And great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. So, our first conversation, we talked a little bit about uh, the Church's teaching on extraterrestrials, uh, but can you just set the stage a little bit for us? First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then uh, where the Church stands on the possibility of alien life and extraterrestrial life. Yeah, that's um, my, my training is in historical theology. I've got... Uh, Master's and PhD in that from Emory, did religious studies at, at Yale. And um, so historical theology is, is kind of when you, you look at theological issues in light of the historical conversation that's gone on before them. So important, you know, especially in Catholic teaching, because um, so much of how we've come to understand what we understand was something that developed over time, whether it's the doctrine of the Trinity or, you know, the nature of Christ or that kind of thing. So anyway, um, that's how I'm approaching this subject. Uh, in a book that I wrote, Extraterrestrial Intelligence in the Catholic Faith, it was published last year by Tan Books, um, in which I look first at the, the historical conversation about extraterrestrial intelligence among Christians, and even before that, um, among pagan Greek philosophers and other writers. And um, and then, in light of all that, and then looking, the second part of the book, looking at Scripture, magisterial documents of the Church, um, the the thought of, of you know other Catholic writers and some and also includes some Protestant writers to um, to deal primarily with the issue of is would the existence of ETI be compatible with the Catholic faith or contrary to it? There is a final section an appendix that my publisher wanted me to put in. Uh, what about UFOs? That's really a separate issue. Uh, but the main issue of the book is um, is it compatible with, with Catholic faith? And I'm convinced that it is. And I think the book demonstrates that. Um, you have some folks, you know, who would say they don't think it is, but um, I look at the same passages they do in Scripture, the the, uh, the Catechism. I look at what saints and uh, popes and theologians and other historical figures have said, and it seems to me it, uh, it's really difficult to make the case that, um, that the Church, you know, for sure the Church has not given anything definitive on it, um, despite some comments in the Catechism that have been interpreted that way. And that uh, the church is still open uh, to right. that possibility. And if, if we discovered it, it certainly wouldn't destroy our faith. There really is a fascination with alien life and with extraterrestrials. I think of, you know, just going back to Orson Welles and War of the Worlds uh, and that infamous radio broadcast that people thought there was an actual alien invasion, uh, the Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, a movie that I grew up watching all the time it was E.T., right? And and you see the <laughs> the men coming and just uh, 
you know, putting up their tunnels and coming in their suits and, and trying to capture E.T. And, and the classic scene where where the, the kid is in the bike and E.T. is in the little basket on the front of the bike and they go up over the cops. I mean, this is something that has been around for years and years and years. What do you think is the, the fascination behind it? Well, first, let me just say, you know, this goes back actually 25 centuries. <laughs> the interest that it does. People would be amazed. If they read the book, they'll find out, you know, that the best minds, most of the best minds of Western history, including the you know, the ancient philosophers and writers uh, among the Greeks and Romans, but throughout Christian history as well, have, have at least entertained the subject and talked about it. I have a quote that I love from St. Albert the Great. You know, he was um, the theologian and, and uh, professor of theology from philosophy that uh, trained St. Thomas Aquinas. And he once said, since one of the most wondrous and noble questions about nature is whether there is one world or many, and by that he means inhabited world, a question that the human mind desires to know, to understand, per se, it seems desirable for us to inquire about it. He said it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing, it's a, it's a noble question um, that we should be interested in, so we shouldn't be surprised that there's been a fascination that people have talked about it for, for thousands of years, literally. Um, are we alone? And, and we know in our Christian faith that we're alone. We're not alone with, in the sense that we have God and the, and the angels out there. Yep. But are we alone in, among other created corporeal be- beings with, with bodies? And, uh, and so that debate has, has gone on for a long time. But I think the fascination is, <clears throat> is because, it, you know, if it's real, um, it, it shows us so much more, for, you know, for me as a Christian, uh, about the marvelous nature of God, about his creativity, his power, um, as, you know, St. Albert was, was hinting here, that it um, would show us so much more uh, about what he has done. And uh, it's the same thing with any kind of scientific discovery even now. I mean, the fact that the I'm fascinated by what the, the telescopes that we have are showing us, yeah. the ones that are out in space, yeah. uh, that that should be, you know, I would hope that would be fascinating things. That uh, wow, God has created that. Wow, that's out there. Wow, look at this mystery we still don't understand. Or the other direction, you start studying quantum um, theory and physics, and you say, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's the thing that mm. happens. The stuff that happens at the the you know subatomic level with particles, with quanta now that you know all kinds of things." You say, "Oh my goodness, they don't quite operate the same way they do at, at the level we you know normally kind of ourselves work in." Yeah. What God is so smart! Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, you've got things we haven't even figured out yet. Do, so I'm, I would say that's always part of the fascination. Do you think part of it is we're finite creatures, right? We can only comprehend so much, and so, you know, the the ability for things like that, or or, or the uh, the possibility of things like that to exist outside of our comprehension, like is is it is it a little bit of like grasping more and more for the infinite, which is what we'll experience in, in heaven, hopefully? You know, I think so, and, and you do find a lot of folks who are interested in the subject that aren't, aren't you know, Christians or even believers you know, in any particular organized religion. <clears throat> it becomes kind of a spiritual quest for them, and uh, you know, because, as you say, we, we have within us, uh, as the, the book of Ecclesiastes says, God has put eternity in our hearts. There's a transcendence that we recognize. We're all longing for transcendence, and so people are wondering what else is out there, what and, and what other you know, intelligence might be there. That can get people into trouble, and I you know admit that that they'll start 
talking about consciousness and other things in a way that um, is contrary to what we know from faith. But it's 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 certainly I think something within us that, that we desire. We know that we there is a transcendence out there, um, and so so we go looking beyond our own planet. Well, I think we can see that too. Uh, I live in the country, so I have the the great gift of being able to look up into the sky and see. I don't even know how many stars, millions, billions of stars that are that are there. And you know, on on the right uh, night, if it's if the moon isn't out, you know, you can get the the Milky Way. And so there's there's that you were mentioning the the word transcendence, like this, just this idea that there is more beyond what I can comprehend, and and in, in the universe, right? Uh, and and then just how many other universes out there? Like you, your mind just starts to think about how <laughs> to put it simply like how big god is like he's a big god yeah. he's he's infinite he's you know all knowing uh like n- unending he is and I, and I think there have been times in you know science where say when newton develops his system and physics and people say okay great we finally got it figured out here's the formulas you know here's the, here's the way we go and then einstein comes along and others you know <laughs> upsets that and there uh thomas Kuhn, you know wrote an entire book about it kind of a history of scientific revolutions and paradigm changes where it's not just science learns more, but science learns things that don't fit the old paradigm and you have to change. So Copernicus, the Copernican revolution would be one example where under the influence, especially of Aristotle, Western scientists, philosophers, theologians, everybody just assumed that uh, the earth was the center of the universe. And then, you know, concentric circles out from there of the things we can see in the sky. And uh, actually, the ancient, some of the ancient Greeks have figured out that was not the case, but that knowledge kind of got superseded by Aristotle. And um, and so when Copernicus comes along and says, no, we're not, and here's the evidence of it, and, and others as well, Galileo, um, it, it changed everything kind of in the way we, we were viewing the universe. But it was still something that the, the Catholic Church and their teaching could accommodate as part of the way God's done things. Yeah, absolutely. So when we had, uh, we can. Well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait on this a second. Um, you know, when we when we think about extraterrestrials uh, and and alien life form, um, you know, how does that play in with just even life outside of our planet? You mean how? Um, what are the possibilities? Yeah, or? yeah. The, just the possibilities of like life in general. Maybe maybe it's not like aliens, right, as we would imagine aliens, but just life in general. Well, I, I mean, if I'm understanding correctly, the I mean, there are all kinds of possibilities we've wondered about life, on, even on Earth, that we may not know about, the whole notion of crypto-terrestrials. But, um, but I think part of, you know, what we're finding, goodness, we find, you know, we've discovered now that there's certain kinds of life that can basically live in volcanoes, live at the, the bottom of the ocean where there's no sunlight at all, that kind of thing. And we're beginning to see that, yeah, there really are possibilities, even if planets aren't exactly like ours, of things that could live out there, and um, and why not intelligent things? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have to head to a quick break, uh, but when we return, we w- I want to dive into St. John Paul II and what he said regarding this. This is what we weren't able to finish last time, so we're going to dive into that when Real Presence Live continues. So for all of our listeners, please stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, 
and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. The Yes of Believing. Ascent is produced by the will, not by the understanding's own direct insight. Believing is not an act of the understanding alone, not simply an act of the will, not just an act of feeling, but an act in which all the spiritual powers of man are at work together. Still more, man in his own self and of himself cannot bring about this believing at all. It has of its nature the character of a dialogue. It is only because the depth of the soul, the heart, has been touched by God's word that the whole structure of spiritual powers is set in motion and unites in the yes of believing. It is through all this that we also begin to see the particular kind of truth with which believing is concerned. Theology talks about saving truth. Everything a man does or allows to happen to him can, ultimately, be derived from his will to be happy. When the heart comes into contact with God's logos, with the Word who became man, this inmost point of his existence is being touched. Then he does not merely feel, he knows from within himself, that is it. That is he. That is what I was waiting for. It is a kind of recognition, for we have been created in relation to God. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories, and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for staying with us as we continue our conversation about extraterrestrials and that possibility of life in the alien form. We have Paul Thigpen, who is uh, staying with us over the break. Thanks for staying with us, Paul. Great to be here. Thanks so much for this fascinating topic. Yes, it really is. So before the break, we had (laughs) talked about how there was an audience that St. John Paul was giving at one point, and he talked about alien life, extraterrestrial life. So for our listeners, can you talk about what was it that he said? Sure. It was, uh, we have a report of his visit to the parish of, San, let me get this Italian right, Santo Innocenzo y Papa y San Guido de Scovo. So that's a parish in Rome. It was November 28, 1999. He had a, a brief but significant exchange with a child who was attending the event. Uh, the little one asked him, Holy Father, are there any aliens? Um, now, think about what his responses could have been. If, as some people think, it's contrary to the faith, surely he would have known that. And yeah. he, so he could have said, oh, no, that's, you know, our faith teaches us they don't exist. Or he could have said, we don't know, the science will have to teach us. Or, he, you know, he could, he could have said, if they exist, then, so-and-so, but if. But that's not what he answered. When she said, Holy Father, are there any aliens? His answer was, always remember, they are children of God as we are. Mm. What a beautiful thing. And I love telling people that. Somebody asked me the other day, you know, what, 
what would I tell my kids about these possibilities? And you know, what if they would be afraid or something? And, and I love what he did, what he said to that child. The main thing to remember is they're God's children, too. Now, you know, we have to realize they could be fallen as we are, so we could have problems if we finally encounter them. But they're still God's children. He made them. He loves them. He loves us. And um, and so we can work that out. It can be part of our faith if, if that should be something we discover. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. They might. They, they could also not be falling. I think about C.S. Lewis, right, in the Space Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, out, of sight, out of the Silent Planet was the first one, but then uh, Paralandra was the second one where these were not fallen beings. Do you talk at all about in your book about C.S. Lewis and, and, you know, kind of how he explored these possibilities? I do. Uh, you know, I think he probably had more to say than just about anybody else in the 20th century, at least publicly. Uh, about this topic in light of Catholic faith. And uh, so not just that, it's called the Space Trilogy, um, but also he wrote essays about the topic in which he would just kind of uh, explore the different possibilities of the what I would call the spiritual and the moral status of other other species we might encounter. Marvelous stuff, and, and uh, you know, helps me to, to start thinking about possibilities as well. But, but yes, there's some, there's some folks out there who say, no, they would have to be fallen, because it's inevitable, and I would say, mm-hmm, yeah, that seems contrary to faith to me. That because I would say that Adam and Eve had to fall. Now, once they did, God made it a, a wonderful, a fantastic scoop, a happy fault. But to say that they had to fall, I don't think we want to say that. You know that that God really did give free will. So maybe there would be other races where they didn't fall. There's even the possibility, you know, that they could be mixed. And that's kind of an mm. interesting one, because we already have that that precedent with the angels. Yeah, uh, with our race. We have an original sin, and then because of our solidarity with our, our first parent, you know, it, it, the whole whole race gets infected. But with the angels, it was different. Each one of them was given their test, you know, test, were tested as individuals, and some passed the test and some failed, uh, confirmed in their goodness, confirmed the others confirmed in their evil. Yeah. So what if there were other races out there where God created them that way, where each one was individually um, tested? Yeah. So that there could be a, a race that has both fallen and unfallen in it. It's a fascinating possibility. It is fascinating. It's something to ponder. I'm curious about the other side, though, because there are some Catholic commentators out there who believe that it's all fake, or if it is there, it's demonic. What What are your thoughts on that? You know, I, yeah, I, you know, I run into that a lot, and I think that well, the first thing we have to ask of someone like that is, first of all, that word "all" makes it an, an absolute statement. Yeah. Um, and absolute statements like that, all or none or always or never, really need to be backed up by convincing evidence and solid logic. So I'd ask these commentators first, you know, so how do you know this is true? On what basis do you make the claim that all alien or UFO sightings are either fake or demonic? I agree that some of them probably are. I mean, some of the accounts of, you know, called alien abductions sure seem to have parallels to demonic encounters, and even secular observers have noted that. But that's not the same thing as say, okay, every you know um, appearance of things that's seen in the sky, or even other kinds of encounters, then have to be demonic. And the whole fake thing, oh my goodness! I mean, I don't know how you. There are tens of thousands of of these kinds of reports, and they go on for for many decades, and even some historical possibilities. You know, to just automatically claim they're they're all fake, or that there's some kind of government manipulation, when actually the government has tried to to press us not to not to accept it, such things as possible. And it's mostly people 
trying to get around the government who have, you know, brought us these kinds of testimonies. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, w- I would say that's the question you have to ask when someone makes that kind of statement. It's all that. Most of the encounters that, that we see, they don't fit the demonic profile, right. uh, especially if, as, you know, has been going on before Congress, the hearings, if it is true that the U.S. government and other governments have recovered crashed, you know, retrieved crashed UFOs, nuts and bolts, you know, or however they're put together, but metallic stuff and even bodies, you know, that's a claim is before Congress a few weeks ago. Um, those demons, you know, don't fly around in craft. Right. <laughs> demons don't, um, you know, don't have bodies. So it would have to be something else. Yeah, what really is in Area 51? That's uh, that's the question that everybody <laughs> wants to know, right? <laughs> that Wright Patterson and all kinds of places. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> as we come to a close, we have a couple minutes left here. Talk about just for your for your Catholic who's listening to this program. What's a balanced approach to take all this as we just kind of wrap it up in a nice bow? Yeah, I would say, okay, when others are making claims one way or the other, ask that same all-important question we just mentioned. Tell me how you know these things and allow them, you know, to give you that chance. But there's too many people out there just making these absolute statements. It's all demons. It's all fake. Don't believe anybody in the church who tells you that. And then they you know, has all the appearance of a rash judgment. They give you no reason for that. Right. So avoid those absolute statements. I would say don't deny the value of first-person testimony. Historical knowledge is built upon it. Not everything that's real can be subjected to scientific study. And, of course, there can be people who are, you know, it's the ill or hoaxing. But the most important thing I would say is keep in mind that whatever we discover to be true, God is on his throne as Lord of the universe. Whatever creatures may exist, whether they're fallen as we are, unfallen like the good angels, He's created them. He loves them. And we don't need to be afraid of that possibility. Don't be afraid. That's something else that John Paul II was always saying. Don't be afraid. And I feel like that's part of what he was trying to say to the girl, you know, girl he was talking to. Don't don't be afraid. God made him. And then finally, I love what St. Augustine said. Uh, he said once, um, if you ask me of the ways of God, I would tell you the most important way is humility. And the second one is humility. And the third is humility. <laughs> We've got to take humility toward this. And I love to talk about the sense of wonder, which I believe is wonder is, is a sense of humility in the face of mystery. There's a lot of mystery here. And we, we can't go around saying we know have it all figured out. Let's uh, let's approach it with humility, but at the same time with faith that God's in control. Absolutely. Paul, it's been such a pleasure visiting with you this morning. To our listeners, you can visit tanbooks.com and search for his book, Extraterrestrial Intelligence and the Catholic Faith, and uh, be able to read through this and uh, and explore more for yourself. I think that's what's most exciting about this whole thing to me, is being able to explore. So, Paul, thanks so much. Thank you, Aaron. God bless you and all your listeners. Yes, you too. All right, we are at the end of our show, so we're going to turn it over to Rachel for a quick preview of the one coming up next. Coming up on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Father Rich Kunst and Cindy Jennings are your hosts, coming to you live from Duluth, Minnesota. They'll be speaking with Kendrick Oliver, a professor of American history at the University of Southampton, and Lori Calgard will be sharing details on our upcoming fall live drive here at RPR. All this and more is coming on the next Real Presence Live Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody for tuning in for today's show. Just want to give a a brief recap of everything in case you tuned in towards the end and you missed something. 
I really want to encourage you to check out the podcast. So we started a show with Jonathan Spade, who shared his beautiful conversion story, how it was an invitation an invitation by a friend to go to a focus conference, which totally transformed his life, led him into missionary work. He's been working for focus ever since, helping missionaries now in their fundraising efforts and, and learning how to um, go about living as a missionary on that front. And I just want to point that out because it's important to remember an invitation is crucial sometimes when inviting other people into the faith. A lot of people are scared to go alone uh, because they, they're not sure what to expect. They might not know anything at that point. So having somebody who can journey with them is key. So pray about that. Who in your life needs that invitation to take that next step in their faith journey? We also spoke with Christy Entersayer about Bethlehem Books and just raising our children in the faith by providing them resources like solid Catholic and Christian books with good virtues laid out as a foundation. There's so much in our world that tries to influence our children and our families in one way or another. And so this is a great option, BethlehemBooks.com. Also talked about men's ministry, Dan Donaldson, and being in the mission field of men and how if you have a man on fire for his faith, his marriage gets better, his family gets better, his parish gets better, his community gets better. So encourage you to check out the Heroic Men's Summit coming up on Saturday, September 9th. You can register for that at heroicmen.com. And the last thing we just finished up was a wonderful talk about extraterrestrials and extraterrestrial life and what the church teaches about that. It's a fun topic. I want to encourage you to check out Paul Pigpen's book at tanbooks.com. So that's all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and keep it right here on Real Presence Radio for more wonderful programming. We'll see you again next time. God bless. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.